He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the Friday. It is the Friday edition, and what a week it has been. This is the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And, uh, you know, after yesterday's big day, believe it or not, the market is adding a little bit more icing on the cake. But that cake's getting pretty rich uh, with butter right now in the form of a forward P.E. ratio. Doesn't mean it can't go higher. We're in it. But I think you have to be uh, a little careful here with uh, with the uh, the valuation ratios we're at right now in the market. All right, we've got the Dow up 172. Yes, that's another new high. 39,241. Woo! Be, will we be saying 40,000 at some point? And we're not too far away. 759 points is all. The S&P is up 19. That's a new high, 5,106. Uh, and the NASDAQ, believe it or not, I don't think this is the new high yet. I think it has a few more points to go, but it's there. It's right there. The NASDAQ's up 31 after the huge day yesterday. It's at 16,072. The small caps are down today, believe it or not, down 40 basis points. Uh, crude oil is down $1.61 to 77 Gold is up $6 to 2037 The 10-year is down 3 basis points to 4.30. And last but not least, Bitcoin is uh, down 287 to 51098 So welcome to today's Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. I'm here with our chartered financial analyst, Barry Kite, and it has been one heck of a week in the market. Barry, let's let's not forget, we started off with a big plunge in the market. <laughs> yeah, you had, you, you uh, had Monday some uncertainty. And Tuesday. Right, some uncertainty in terms of how things were going to shake out. Which way was it going to go? Right? Wow, you know, and I mean, it was really kind of a, uh, a wake-up call that markets don't go up every day. Uh, there are times, and there will be another bear market out there, and there will be another big correction out there uh, at some point in the future. And we got a little bit of a reminder of that uh, earlier in the week. I'm going to go back here and look at Monday. I think it was Monday. The Dow was down, uh, well, the Na- it was mostly the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ was down 145 points. Actually, it was Tuesday, okay? Monday was a holiday. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we had another big down day in the NASDAQ, especially in the chip stocks, uh, which is kind of ironic. Uh, NVIDIA and AMD sold off, and uh, the NASDAQ was down another 50 points on Wednesday. And then boom, and then yesterday, boom shakalaka laka. Yeah. Uh, NVIDIA, which, you know what, look, the odds favored them beating their earnings estimates. Uh, eight out of the eight, their eight last reports, they beat sales. Six out of their eight last reports, they beat earnings. They've now strung together three quarters in a row like I've never seen in my entire career in the business. 
And no wonder the stock is uh, our largest position that it has been for some time at Gunderson Capital Management. I think Lilly uh, is number two, of course, with their uh, revolutionary weight loss drug. Uh, so anyways, we had I had the biggest day of my career yesterday. As far as dollar gains, may have had a bigger day from percentage gains, but we were up like 3.5% yesterday, which is a major move. Uh, in, in the market, and I feel and, and sorry. So did Nvidia, right? I mean, Nvidia oh, moved. Uh, they, they they beat Facebook's record. Uh, if you remember back, uh, did when they Meta, beat? Yes, yeah, they, so they really? beat the, the one day move. Uh, Meta, I don't know. I can't remember. It feels like it was a year, year and a half ago or so, where they had that one day where it was the biggest move uh, in market cap of any company yeah, ever. That was and this Nvidia, year, yeah, and no. Nvidia topped it, uh, yeah. topped it today. So, well, we owned them both. Okay, so my hat is off to the Best Stocks Now app. I'm going to take them out to dinner and buy them a steak tonight because the Best Stocks Now app, uh, you know, identified both of those from a valuation combined with a momentum point of view. So we've had the two biggest uh, market cap gains, market cap gains uh, this year and in the history of the market. So I'm pretty proud of that. And I feel sorry for people that are sitting there holding Johnson & Johnson. I feel sorry for people that are sitting there holding AT&T and other one-time champions and one-time best stocks now, but that was long, long ago. And when that growth fades, so do the capital appreciation uh, opportunities. You've got to have growth. The only way a company is going to grow, especially a publicly traded company, uh, is (laughs) through earnings growth. That's where you get the capital appreciation from. Now, from time to time, you get multiple expansion, but still, that's got you got to have sales growth and you've got to have earnings growth, and those are the kind of stocks that you want to own. And uh, you know, those are stocks, companies that are in the prime of their life cycle, and the life cycle of a publicly traded stock begins with an idea at a kitchen table. Uh, and ends up with a dividend-paying stock that gets kicked out of the Dow, right? Because it's not growing anymore. Or or AT and T, which has actually uh, been going down ten percent, average of ten percent. Their earnings have been shrinking over the last five years. So you take your choice of uh, the stocks you own. Where are they at in that cycle? Is IBM a stock of today? Is it a stock of yesteryear? Is Johnson & Johnson the one that came up with the massive breakthrough in the uh, uh, the weight loss arena? Or uh, are they still looking for their uh, a hit of some sort? Instead, they've continued to fight uh, their talcum powder issues and baby powder. So anyways, that's why, you know, you got to go where you want to go. you got to do what you want to do. You have to choose who manages your money. Uh, you have to choose which stocks you feel the most comfortable with. And, you know, and I hear it all the time. I wish I would have bought Microsoft in the early days. Well, you know what? I mean, it's still a good stock. Not many stocks do that. But the stocks of today are the NVIDIAs and the Lilies uh, and the Novo Nordisk and the AMDs and the ASM lithographies. That doesn't mean you can just buy and hold them and go to sleep. You still have to be vigilant in the management of these fast growers. 
And it's that uh, next leg of growth. I mean, now I was looking at uh, I was looking at your article from uh, from from Nvidia that you did on Nvidia on uh, at the end of end of August, right? And oh, of course, man. company was at all time highs at that particular moment. Uh, the difference is that all time high was I think four eighty seven, uh, oh. and now we sit at uh, eight oh five. The, the the best is the first comment. I don't know. It's the first comment I just happened to look oh, yeah. down, and it was oh, yeah. uh, one hundred and fifteen PE. Yeah, better buy it. At all time, better buy at all time highs. Uh, you know, past. I was just that. That's <laughs> the thought. That yeah, the, that's the <laughs> thought that just came into my mind. Is all these people that say, "Why would I buy a stock hitting a new all time high?" How many times has Nvidia hit a new all time high in the last three years? Uh, that's a silly saying. Would you rather buy a stock hitting a, a, an all time low? And you know, it all comes to the uh, the future. It comes down to valuation. Uh, looking in the past, yes, it's been hitting new all time highs. But does will the valuation of the company support and the growth combined with the valuation support higher valuation down the road? And then that's where that five year valuation is critical, absolutely critical. And yeah, I laugh at people that say say that because they're not building in the future and the they're looking at today that's probably one of the biggest mistakes investors make they look at the market today when uh you know the professionals in the market are looking down the road a year year and a half two years three years and especially an individual stock so anyway you, know, you know where that 115 pe ratio is now at oh, the God. moment the forward pe for nvidia 32 which means, okay. which so, means yeah. earnings, earnings, the E went, they went grow way into up. It. <laughs> yeah, they right. grow into that. If the earnings are, uh, whoever the guy is that wrote that comment, dummy, the earnings grow into the PE goes down, the forward PE goes down as the earnings go up. Right. That's the denominator. Now, okay, before we go to break, the Dow yesterday up 457 points, new all-time high. The S&P up 105 points, new all-time high. The NASDAQ up 461 points. The all-time high is 16,058, so I think maybe yeah. we're above that right and now. And the NASDAQ 100, the NASDAQ 100 was at an all-time high yesterday, so that's a, yeah, a day for all-time highs. Now, here, here, now, now sober up just a little bit. The forward PE of the S&P 500 <laughs> is yeah. 20.92. Now, you gotta go back a couple of years. Uh, and those were some pretty giddy days there at the beginning of 2022, coming out of the uh, the uh, get, real giddy year, the COVID year. So you got to be a little bit careful here now with this forward PE ratio. Uh, my antennas are up, and uh, got to be especially vigilant right now. Okay, we got a lot to talk about when we come back. Back here to the uh, Best Stocks Now show. You know, I, I I logged into tip ranks during the break, break, which I have nothing to do with. I mean, they're just, they're independent people that track, uh, you know, they have two categories, bloggers and 
experts, and I'm in both categories, they track 28,087 bloggers. Uh, and I'm ranked number 901, which puts me in the top 3.2%. That means there's 97 guys in line behind me and only three in front of me. And I've got my targets on them, right? <laughs> They're within my uh, target. <laughs> of the experts, 36,828, there's 1,549. I don't even know how they, the formula they use here. Uh, I'm ranked number 1,549 out of 38,000, uh, which puts us in the top 4.2%. This is of all the so-called uh, financial experts out there. I don't know where Jim uh, Kramer ranks. I don't know where Kathy Wood ranks. Uh, you know, it's just, hey, look, they're an independent company. Uh, you got to read all the disclaimers and all this and that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess... At least they use some kind of consistent formula on all of us to uh, figure out uh, some kind of ranking there. Okay, now, yesterday, market explodes to the upside. But keep in mind, it's getting very, 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 very expensive. In fact, we're hitting a two over two-year high. I'll put a little chart in my newsletter this weekend of where this P.E. ratio that we're at right now uh, looks uh, like in a chart over the last five years. We're definitely at the upper end. Because it got, what, as high as 23, I think, is remember what... Uh, that's what I remember. remember. Yeah, that's the, that's the number that comes to my head whenever we were kind of, you know, just getting into that, uh, you know, basically up 23, really up to when the Fed, you know, finally... Uh, um, you know, decided that they're going to go ahead and begin raising rates, which I think I think think uh, he announced that the day after Thanksgiving on I think it was twenty twenty one. And I think that was part of them. Uh, obviously, part of the decision to start hiking rates was the high PE ratio of the market. Okay, uh, you know, one of their goals is to also rein in the market and keep it from getting to giddy. Uh, you know, uh, ratios, uh, irrational exuberances. That's uh, the old term, yeah. As Alan Greenspan called it. And Alan Greenspan was just like a couple years early. That's why I say it can continue to go higher because, you know, after Greenspan made his uh, – comments on irrational exuberance it went a lot higher yeah i want to say that was, i want to say that comment was around 2005 no <laughs> so, right or was it no five, no six, no seven? no no it was back you can look it up i'm gonna yeah, say I'm 1997 1998 somewhere in there that's what i'm gonna say i could be wrong but you know, in the year two thousand, in the dot com bubble, the Nasdaq. No, you're right. Yeah, ninety six. I think he said bang. it again when he was going into the when they were going into the mortgage uh, real estate crisis. So <laughs> he was about three yeah, years yeah, early, yeah. and it continued to skyrocket. I don't think it's going to happen this time. And you know how he was way right on uh, on his analysis because the Nasdaq, how overvalued was it? It went down seventy nine percent. From the 5,300 level, and it took uh, 15 years to get back to 5,000, all right? We're not at that right now, but we are at a dangerously uh, high level. Okay, NVIDIA has now crossed $2 trillion. Let's see if it's still there. I haven't even looked at the stock. I know it was up 4% this morning. Yeah, I think it's up two percent last time I checked, but yeah. Okay, it's coming back to earth a little bit. It's only one point nine eight trillion. So it's not a it was a two trillion dollar company earlier this morning. 
you know, eventually some profit taking is going to uh, fall in. Now, I'm going to reset my target price. You've heard me talk about it this week, uh, exactly what it was, and now you've got new information to plug into the formulas. Okay, congratulations to a little company with the symbol Lunar, L-U-N-R. It's up 22% to the moon and back, Alice. You got a first moon landing since the Apollo era with a company by the name of Intuitive Machines. Yeah. Uh, does that help me? I mean, is this one check I would that invest in? Check that 50. If you want to see an interesting chart, check out it's the... It's been a dead star Yeah, I mean, literally time. didn't even look like it moved for you know, while they're planning the mission. Obviously, there's a lot of risk involved in that mission. And it's either, you know, it's almost like a biotech going to, uh, you know, the FDA and either going to get approval or going to zero. And so uh, it, it, it was hovering around zero for a long time. And now, uh, of course, is up uh, 20% today. But yeah. Okay, now here's typical Wall Street research. Uh, uh, Guggenheim is a bull on Pfizer on their ex COVID prospect. All right, so Pfizer has been a dead stock for a long time. Let's hope they come up with something in their pipeline. In the meantime, Goldman Sachs is saying that obesity drugs are going to expand U.S. GDP by 1%. That's huge in the coming years. Now, what do they base their thesis on? They say that these drugs could boost U.S. gross domestic product in coming years as lower obesity rates fuel efficiency gains. Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting uh, thesis there. Uh, They cited academic studies to argue that obese individuals are less likely to work and are less productive at work. As a result, their impact on the country's total output exceeds 1%, assuming an obesity rate of more than 40% of people in the United States. So, (laughs) okay, well, there's a different way to look at this thing. Uh, And then I see uh, Seeking Alpha. If if you go to Seeking Alpha today, there's a very good story. They put a lot of work into this. The history of Novo Nordisk. Uh, it's in the news section of Seeking Alpha. Now, I I wrote about Novo Nordisk. It was one of the 52 stocks <coughs> that I identified back in, in, the book, right? in my book in 2013 mm-hmm. called Best Stocks Now of that year. And, you know, this obesity thing began with diabetes. I mean, that that's where the, there's an epidemic of diabetes. Actually, Novo Nordisk, a Danish company, founded 100 years ago in 1923. Happy 100th birthday, Novo Nordisk. Uh, And, uh, you know, they had a pretty tranquil existence. They flew under the radar. But they were a big winner. I mean, they're basically, when you think of diabetes, Novo Nordisk is the stock uh, that is the diabetes stock. Now... That same drug, you know, that they were using uh, for diabetes, it turns out uh, it's it's very similar, almost exactly the same. Not quite as good, is what I'm told, as Lily's Mongero, and that has completely reshaped the dynamic. Now, the company's current market value has topped Denmark's GDP. There's a there's there's a there's a factoid. <laughs> Novo Nordisk. 
valuation is bigger than Denmark's GDP thanks to its blockbuster GLP-1 drugs, Ozempic and Wagovi. We'll be right back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Back here to the uh, second uh, half of today's Best Stocks Now show. Uh, And what a week it has been in the market. Uh, I would say again and emphasize during my career in the industry, I've never seen three quarters uh, in a row like uh, in view. Let's just review that just for one second here, okay? One minute. Now, the... Sales growth over the last three quarters have accelerated. Okay, you go back to the first quarter of this year, their sales were down 13% and their earnings were down 20%. Okay, and along came AI. Uh, that's actually last year's first quarter. Uh, okay, now the next quarter of last year. Boom. Okay, their earn their sales went up. Their sales doubled in 90 days. Their sales doubled and their earnings went up 429%. Okay? And you say, "Well, all right. They had a good quarter." Well, all right. The next quarter was even better. Their sales tripled. Now, this is year over year. From the previous quarter, October 31st of the previous year, their sales tripled to $18 billion from $6 billion. Now, their earnings went up 593%. This is breathtaking. That was $4.02 versus $0.58 cents from the previous quarter quarter a year prior to that now this latest quarter that they reported yesterday this is even more acceleration in sales sales up 200 and they did 22 billion dollars in sales in one quarter yeah those are i mean those are numbers like the percentages or numbers that you see from you know some small cap right that's uh <laughs> that's on some you know parabolic trajectory i mean it, nvidia was already a player in a large company whenever this whole uh you know this whole yeah. thing kicked off yeah so. sales up 265 that's 22 billion versus 6 billion one year ago they did 6 billion they reported 6 billion in sales this year, $22 billion. Well, you know what? A lot of that drops to the bottom line. How much? Earnings, $5.16 
per 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 share. Now this is just a quarter. Okay, he times that by four to get the annual run uh, versus eighty eight cents in the same quarter of last year. I'm a numbers guy. I love this. I mean, this gets me excited. The the earnings up four hundred and eighty six percent. Four hundred and eighty six percent. You know, I look. I, okay, let's just liken that to uh, a baseball player, right? Okay. The first few months of the year, he hits five home runs. Then the next two months, he hits 25. You know what I mean? It's just exponential growth. Or a horse that wins by one length. And his next race, he wins by five lengths. Then he wins by 25 lengths, right? It's just incredible. It's even hard to find a comparable uh, to what NVIDIA has accomplished. And uh, looking back, okay, we go uh, back uh, five years ago to 2019. This was a $31 stock. It's now an $800 stock, okay? And they're not just growing top-line revenue, right? It's not like, uh, you know, the dot-com bubble where, where folks are raising, you know, growing their user base, right, or spending a bunch of money just to bring in, you know, some revenue. I mean, this is you know not only yet revenue growth and earnings growth. Well, I remember that AOL stock was going up so fast in 1998, 99, 2000 that, you know, you could not ever, ever justify the PE. The, the, the usual valuation metrics are usually sales, earnings, cash flow and book value okay they threw those out the window and they started how much is each subscriber worth <laughs> okay they were throwing in all kinds of different new yeah, metrics to new justify. valuation metrics right and the one who uh swallowed and and believed all that was time warner who came in and bought it at some enormous price and how did they do it through leveraged debt, right? Remember Michael Milken uh, and uh, the what they call L- leveraged buyouts. Oh, yeah, yeah, Lever- uh, yeah, uh, leveraged buyout. Yeah, exactly, a- and they did it on debt. All right, they leveraged big time, and it took years. Time Warner made one of the worst buys, worst deals ever, really. Yeah, because yeah. who uses AOL today? Once in a while, I see some. Somebody uh, that signs up for my newsletter that has an AOL account. Yeah, but no one's using it for internet connection, which is what it, uh, you know, kind of what the original uh, you know, usage was, right? And just like AOL couldn't grow to the moon, uh, you know, there will come there will come a day when Nvidia starts to slow down, right? This is the life cycle of a company. Uh, I mean, right now they're in the acceleration mode, and that's the best time to own a stock is in the acceleration mode. Uh, And then, you know, eventually that acceleration begins to top out. It begins to decelerate, and the multiple begins to contract. And, uh, you know, then they're in that downhill kind of uh, thing. I would say Tesla's a good example of that right now. Uh, when Tesla announces a dividend, uh, you know, I was really worried about the future of Tesla. But then, you know, they become a, a, a member of the Dow or the S&P 500, and they start paying a dividend, and growth, growth starts to really decelerate. And let's not forget, uh, when you get a big lead like they have, 
everybody wants a piece of that market share, right? AMD. Now, the barrier to entry is probably pretty high here to to try to catch up to what what you know the the algorithms or whatever the speed what's in those chips that enables them. Uh, but you know, well, yeah, use use Intel as a as an example over the last you know five to, to eight years. Oh yeah, and right. you know it wouldn't be that easy though to reverse engineer it because what's in that chip is behind the scenes. It's the formulas and it's the uh, you know the the, the brains. Uh, you can't just like a like an airplane. You can take it apart, reverse engineer it, make the parts, build your own airplane. But well, they're is... building partnerships, too. I mean, that's what I was pointing out, the fact that the number of companies that were mentioned in the in the earnings transcript yesterday was, you know, all of the all of the who's who of, uh, of the technology yeah. sector. Yeah. yeah. And so eventually competition wants a piece of the pie. I mean, AOL was probably first to market. You've got mail. Uh, you know, look, I'm old enough. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember you've got mail, and it was exciting. Yeah. Wow, who sent me mail? And they had a movie. <laughs> yeah, okay, Tom and Hanks, then... and uh, I'm trying to remember who the other one Facebook was. Facebook came along, Hanks, right? And yeah. it was a major disruptor, and it's still disrupting. It's still in a good place uh, because they've added some uh, things along the years that have made it. Now, it's hard to keep growing the way these companies have been growing but those are the ones that you want to own best of class by far and eventually you know nvidia the the weight loss drugs how many people how many of these drug companies are now we're working on a new and improved weight loss now nobody's come up with one yet but you've got novartis in on it you've got regeneron in on it it's just a matter of time before Pfizer announces uh, we're working on a weight loss drug because it's a whole new technology. GLP is a whole new technology, uh, just as uh, this uh, whole uh, artificial intelligence is a whole new technology. All right. Now, let's take a look at just a few others. I always got to talk about the duds out there. There's duds out there. I mean, most most of the market is mediocre. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the rest, the, the standouts, uh, they stand out like a sore thumb. Okay, other earnings reports here. I, I was impressed with Square's earnings uh, report. Square has kind of been dead. You know, everybody forgets that that's uh, Jack Dorsey's other stock. Uh, he started Twitter, and he started Square, uh, which is now called Block, and the symbol is SQ. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of like the trajectory on Square right now uh, and, uh, you know, some new innovation coming into it. That stock's up 17.3%. So I'm going to redo and update my uh, my target price on SQ. Check that in, out in the app on Monday. See where that comes in after the new numbers are calculated. Uh, it's a $50 billion company that uh, may be uh, getting its mojo back. All right. Final segment of the show coming up.
back here to the uh, final segment of today's uh, Best Docs Now show. Uh, let's just take a look here inside the market a little bit. Now, today is, uh, I'm updating all my portfolios today and how they've done so far this year and how they've done since I started them back uh, on January 1st. I started on them for Seeking Alpha because, uh, you know, I became a, 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 a premium writer for them. And uh, I have subscribers over there for Seeking Alpha. So I kind of made the portfolios very uniform uh, and uh, have tracked them very meticulously since uh, since I started them. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I'll be updating that. And I'll, all the news from the week uh, is in the newsletter. You can learn a lot. I mean, instead of sitting there every day and uh, looking at a thousand charts, reading the news every morning of what's happening, I mean, I just pick out the highlights, the stuff that is important for me, at least as an investor. So you can get caught up on that. And then I do where the markets are, how they did for the week, all the major uh, asset classes, uh, and where they're at year to date. Uh, And then... The technical analysis is part of what I do. I mean, that's probably about 20% of my formula. Maybe even a third is looking at those uh, charts every day to get a feel for what's working and what's not working and something that's new and emerging or something that's starting to fall apart. Uh, You know, it was technical analysis several months ago that led me to say, you know what, there's something not right here with Tesla. There's just something not right. And it usually shows up in the chart first. It would be like a, a patient in a hospital, a temperature. It has a temperature, their blood oxygen level, their color, whatever it is. There's just something not right. Uh, when you've looked at uh, 500 to 1,000 a day for the last uh, 25 <laughs> years, you can kind of tell when something's not quite right, right? Yeah, it, you mentioned just, it. You literally, your words were, "It wasn't trading right." And it was. That's what I said. I said, "You know, it's kind of shocking." I sent out this tweet. I'm selling all my Tesla. I don't like the way it's trading. Is something not right here? And so, anyways, that's important. Uh, and I do uh, every week in the newsletter for you uh, technical analysis of the S and P, the Dow, uh, China, all the major asset classes, the dollar the precious metals, uh, and even the inverse funds, okay? Because I consider them to be an asset class. Now, I've been told that uh, most of your major brokerage firms, are the brokers are not allowed uh, to even look at an inverse fund or they'll be fired, right? Well, you know, what do you think a hedge fund is? What do you <laughs> right, think yeah. a hedge fund is? I use them very carefully and very judicious when it... Like the year 2023 was a perfect example. It was obvious that interest rates were going up, and we bought an inverse ETF on the bond market. Okay, Silicon Valley Bank didn't do that. They held on to their long term. Yeah, that that was 2021, 22. Yeah, going. Yes, okay. And so we knew the Fed, they announced it, we're going to raise interest rates. Why would you sit there in long-term bonds? Well, Silicon Valley Bank. Bank, I was about to say, just ask Silicon Valley Bank why. (laughs) We don't, we have a bond, individual bond fund for our 
scaredest invest or most nervous investors. Okay, they you know they they get their principal back at the end of a shorter term, five six years. Then they're liquid along the way, and they're very low cost. Uh, and you're going to get your coupon rate, and we hope to make something uh, on the principal too, which we have done pretty been successful at over. The, that's for our most nervous investors, but we hedged it with. That inverse bond portfolio, <laughs> TBT is TBT. Uh, yep, I was trying to remember if it was TLT or TBT. They both that, go in opposite that, directions. Yeah, yeah, that's the opposite. The inverse. Okay, it went up ninety percent. Believe it or not, that year we didn't catch it all, but I think we caught fifty or sixty percent of it. Well, when it helped, I mean, you're using it for hedging to help hedge if the, uh, the yes. interest rate risk out. So right? I mean, it's just stupidity to lock to say you can't you can't hedge. Uh, uh, you know, now you these are not long-term investments. Okay, you look at the long-term inverse Nasdaq, and it looks like a descent into hell. Well, in long-term, the market has an upward. I mean, the up, up, upward slope, right, has a positive slope, and yeah, so yeah, big I mean, time, <laughs> right. But you go back to the year two thousand when they weren't available. I mean, everybody knew the NASDAQ was going to get crushed at some point in time. It became evident towards the end of the run. Even though the analysts from Wall Street were on the air every day saying, we're in a new paradigm, yeah. uh, you've got to own these stocks. And very slow to react, right? In very the slow. They didn't start reacting till it was down 60 70%. That's when they started saying, you know, we may be wrong here. Okay, and the other uh, 08 and 09, that's about the time uh, that the inverse funds really started to bloom a little bit and there were more offerings. I mean, it was obvious that something we had to give in those ascending house prices and the easy money that was being handed out. And of course, there's a famous movie where a guy went out and said, hey, can you put together something for me? Yeah, the me big short. Yeah. So I can short these. Uh, so when something is blaringly obvious, uh, I just think it's good to have that green frog in your tackle box uh, just in case, you know, things start to go to hell, uh, either from valuations, uh, from uh, black swan events, uh you know, different things of the Fed, uh, an unfriendly Fed, etc. So, anyways, yeah. If it's my grandpa's tackle box, you'll find a spark plug, and you know, you'd, you'd find a spark plug in there, some electrical yeah. tape, right? Things yeah. <laughs> before my cell phones dad, that you needed that you my, needed to get your boat uh, back to where you needed to go. <laughs> my father had a hand painted green frog, hand carved lure in his tackle box. He said, Billy. I caught the biggest bass of my life in a little lake uh, near Oxnard. He caught a 10-pound bass. That was a big bass for those days on that green frog lure. Because I was laughing. I said, Dad, what's this? (laughs) Well, you know what? You never know when you're going to have to reach for that green frog. And you might just land a lunker if something becomes very obvious that it's overvalued or something's about to happen or whatever the case may be. Okay, so then last but not least, I give you my macro outlook on the market. My target price, which has been going up since 2009, and we've been calling it since then. And I give you my portfolios for two weeks only. Go to GundersonCapital.com, GundersonCapital.com, to sample the newsletter, and then set up an appointment with us at 855-611-BEST. 855-611-BEST. Happy fishing. Don't forget that green frog lure. The bass are spawning right now. 
See you on Monday. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Charles Schwab. Schwab is a member of SIPC and FINRA.